Good morning, everybody, and welcome to 613 Sports. This is your boy Carpen Vanny, also JC uh, Justin, coming to you on this drive in from Vanier. Alright guys, so let's get started with the big event that happened last night in the NHL, the Stanley Cup Finals, Game 7, great game for St. Louis, absolutely amazing. Um, I'm surprised Bennington did not get the Pond Smythe Trophy, I understand O'Reilly getting it, I understand the reason, um, being the first player since Wayne Gretzky and the only other player since Wayne Gretzky to score four straight in four straight games in a Stanley Cup final. Um, so he's in some exclusive company, um, having done so, getting uh, getting that Conn Smythe uh, with uh, well with that performance. Great job! He was absolutely amazing in the playoffs. Twenty three points, um, really carried the team. Um, in fact. It's tough to say one particular player that really carried the team uh, more than uh, than Ryan O'Reilly, um, except for oh, wait, maybe the guy that actually kept them in the game for the entire first period. Boston shot 16 shots on goal. I'm sorry, I'm I'm not I'm not taking any anything away from Ryan O'Reilly. Um, he did really well, but Jordan Bennington got robbed of a con Smythe um, coming in on midway through the season as a rookie goalie taking a team that was practically about to write everything off was about ready to, to sell house fire sale O'Reilly gone Petrangelo gone um, everyone just, just everyone gone uh, was the big rumors at the beginning of the calendar year uh, and something flipped, something switched, and they just went on a one hell of a run. Um, I don't think a run like this has happened in the NHL since Montreal with Ken Dryden um, coming in as a rookie goalie, uh, winning the Stanley Cup and Conn Smythe, not winning the Rookie of the Year that year because he wasn't eligible. He didn't play enough games to win Rookie of the Year. And what did he do? He came back next year and won Rookie of the Year. So, when it comes to that, I think Bennington should have won the Conn Smythe. He really deserved it. If it wasn't for Bennington throughout the playoffs, St. Louis would not be where they are. If it wasn't for Bennington throughout the regular season, St. Louis would not be where they are. So, I still think Bennington got robbed of a Conn Smythe. He should have won it. But, good job for Ryan O'Reilly on that. Um, the other thing I, I did enjoy from uh, last night's game as well was the celebra celebrations afterwards. Um, every single Blues player made a dropped an F-bomb, at least one F-bomb, while picking up the Stanley Cup. You see the passion, you see the excitement, you see what this meant for these players having come back from last place in the league. Not just in the West, in the league. And being written off and coming back and beating a three-time Stanley Cup champion, Boston Bruins, um, in that. And beating them 4-1. It wasn't... I, I predicted a 3-1 uh, final with a with a third goal being an, uh, an empty netter. 
Um, but 4-1, very close. I was close on, on predicting that. I kind of did not want them to score the fourth goal. I kind of wanted Boston to score that that goal before uh, they scored the fourth goal, just so I can have that on my, under my belt. But still, very, very good game on that, in that respect. Um, one other thing I want to mention as well is the comments that uh, Brad Marchand made after the game um, in tears. Understandably so. Most players are when it comes to that. These games get very emotional. Um, you spend a lot of time facing the same team. Essentially, these games, you don't get paid for. It's all about the passion of the game. Uh, their contracts go from game one to game 82. It doesn't even count for playoff games. Um, unless you get bonuses or stuff like that. But his comments saying that they took the dream away. They've been working hard their entire careers to get to that point and and, and winning it yeah okay I would understand that from a player that hasn't got a ring yet or hasn't gotten um, hasn't been to the Stanley Cup finals before for Boston but Marsha you've got three rings already and you're making it sound like you've never won a ring before relax bud like it's it's not the end of the world for you you've got you can go back to your to your man cave open up your trophy box and you got your three reigns sitting right there um for waiting for you the other comment i want to mention is um ryan o'reilly uh sorry no uh sorry uh patrick marone's uh comments he made as after the game uh where he said old time hockey's back screw speed I like those comments. I am personally, for those of you who don't know me, I'm an old man in a young man's body. I'm a pure traditionalist. And when I see a balanced team like St. Louis had, um, and a clear underdog when it came to speed, Boston, the much faster team, whereas St. Louis is that old time, physical, in your face style of hockey. I like that. I liked it from the get go. And. To me, that's how you build a team. You build a team with a couple nice, fast guys, a couple fast guys on the defense, but defense wins championships, not offense. And you saw it, you saw it last night. You saw it with every member of the Blues team getting in front of shots, going, getting in the dirty areas, finishing their checks. They just played the more complete game. And obviously that first period, Bennington kept, keeping them where they are at, to the point where they scored the first goal and then the second goal seven seconds later, which by the way was an absolute beauty. That that was a great game. Great job for St. Louis. I'm happy for you. First uh, Stanley Cup in franchise history. Great job. And it was nice to see uh, Brett Hall and uh, Kachuk in attendance and being able to touch the Stanley Cup afterwards being part of the organization. Something I want to talk about as well, um, unwritten rules. Um, I, on my previous channel, I had started. Um, I spoke about Team USA and celebrating after they got their after they got their sixth goal um, and showing up Thailand. To me, that was disrespectful. That is still t very disrespectful in my opinion. Um, celebrating like that when you're up by that much against a team that you are absolutely dominating has no place in professional sports um, or sports in general. Now, my boy Wari um, mentioned to me earlier uh, that uh, 
From, by the way, Worry from Morning Talks uh, mentioned to me er- earlier today that um, there is a point where athletes get involved in the game and just it, it's more disrespectful to let up than to uh, than to continue going and to do these things and to celebrate the the victories. And I have no problem with celebrating the victories. You score a goal, you celebrate, you do your little thing, cool. But when you get to a point where you're absolutely dominating another opponent, you should realize that and maybe tone down the celebrations a little bit. Yeah, everyone practice their celebration if they were to score a goal, hit a home run, do whatever you do that's that's successful, make an inning-ending strikeout, whatever. Everyone has their celebration. Everyone has that go-to move or that move you want to do and everything like that. Save it for the key moments. Save it for the key games where the emotions are high and it warrants it. Not when you're up 9 nothing. Now, the reason I bring that up is because what happened in the Chicago uh, Cubs versus um, Colorado Rockies game uh, the other day where... Javier Baez made a clear violation of a unwritten rule um, of stealing a base while up more than six runs. And he did so after um, after he got plunked in the eighth inning for the... Uh, I don't know. I lost track of how many times guys got hit in that, in that series uh, between Colorado and uh, Chicago. But after he got plunked, he went to first and he took second. Um, I have no problem with that, especially with the series of events that happened uh, prior to that and the constant back and forth of hitting a guy after hitting a guy after hitting a guy. It had to stop and Rizzo, was that, that was his way of putting, it, putting an end to it. Or at least maybe not. Uh, but then Javier Baez comes up to bat and absolutely destroys the fucking baseball and what does he do he does a fucking pimp job in a half like really just stares at the baseball while it's in flight Uh, that bit needs to stop um, on both sides someone needs to do something and just Put your head down, run around the bases, hit a home run, next home run, put your head down, run around the bases, make it known that, okay, that's it, this is done, um, I I know this, that series is done now, so we're going to have to wait till the next time Colorado versus Chicago play each other, um, but uh, I think that in the next game, if Baez or um, Rizzo go up to bat, hit a home run, just put your head down, run the bases, clearly state that this whole thing is done, and move on. Reports just came out. Um, in fact, actually, Kevin Durant himself uh, just tweeted out on uh, or messaged on Instagram on his Instagram a uh, picture of himself in a hospital bed, uh, looking like. Uh, Surgery is going on on that ruptured Achilles. Um, knew it was an Achilles problem. Uh, they were calling it a calf problem uh, throughout the entire playoffs. Um, saying that uh, he is day-to-day with a calf problem. 
I'm sorry, but I never bought the fact that it was a calf problem. I thought it was something completely different, um, and especially since they were so adamant about it being a calf problem. I thought it was something personal with Kevin Durant. And I do apologize on the record for Kevin Durant. Um, me saying that uh, and questioning his integrity um, and his will to play for the team. Um, that post he posted on Instagram itself is um, really well written by him and uh, posted and supporting his team and really showing that he did care about playing for Golden State and being there for the rest of the team. Now, where do we go from there with Kevin Durant's Achilles problem? Who is it that really... At what point do we tell athletes that you cannot play? You are you should rest no matter what. I understand it's the playoffs. I understand it's the finals. I understand that people are there to watch uh, that kind of a game and that game itself. But Kevin Durant blew his Achilles on a play on a normal play that he does on a regular basis. So no matter how much a player says he's ready to play and he wants to play, I get that. I. I was a college athlete. I was in those situations and in that high level um, type of competition, being having gone down to uh, the College World Series uh, in junior college and also starting in those games. Um, the 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 will to play is much much stronger than the concern for one's health, especially when your team is down like that and you want to try and make a difference and help out your guy, your friends, your guys, your family. It's it's heartbreaking the fact that it happened on a play that he does on a regular basis. It wasn't even a contact play. It wasn't even while he was jumping. It was during a crossover. Um, I'm happy to see that he is going into surgery. It sucks that he has to do that on his free agent year because um, he will be out for a season entirely because of it. Um, I don't think it's going to affect the contract he's going to get. Uh, he might not have a contract this season, but I don't think it's going to affect the amount of money that he's going to get in return uh, or the term he's going to get in return once he is back. I mean, look at Draymond Green, um, who did who had the exact same thing. He had an he had an Achilles uh, surgery last year, in fact, almost just past a year ago, um, and he came back and he made an impact right away for his team so I don't doubt that Kevin Durant will do the same thing he is one of the best players in the game in fact I will arguably say he is the best player in the game currently um so kudos for KD for going through the surgery kudos for KD for trying uh to play through it um I don't think he should have um but I cannot uh, question his heart in this case here, and I do apologize for doing so in the past. Um, yeah, uh, hope for a speedy recovery for him. During the uh, post-practice uh, press conference uh, yes yesterday, Clay was asked if uh, Kevin Durant had uh, achieved full Splash Brothers status. Um, and Clay gave a very, very great answer uh, to that, um, stating that Kevin Durant is above Splash Brothers status. Um, 
Steph and Clay can put up as many jump shots as they want and try and make as many jump shots as they want, but uh, no, none of them could uh, jump over someone to shoot, to shoot. And honestly, that to me it shows a great amount of respect for the for the player um, and the guy and the person himself as uh, Kevin Durant as well as Clay. Um, not I don't like Clay and and Curry as players, but when it comes to defending their their teammates. And being there for the, for the team itself and having that team mentality, I do have to commend that. Um, it goes to show as to why the Golden State Warriors are who they are and have gotten to where they have based off of that kind of mentality when it comes to talking about that stuff. And you see Steph during the interview too, just laughing at it and then making a, cracking a joke afterwards because Clay was being way too serious with the answer. Um, and saying that uh, Clay wants to keep the nickname all to himself. Um, but good on Clay when it comes to that, especially with everything that's been going around uh, KD lately. Um, good on him. Um, I appreciate seeing that from uh, from athletes uh, at that level, the, that camaraderie and that family aspect to it. Tonight, t- Next up tonight, we've got the Game 6 of... NBA Finals between Raptors and Golden State. Um, lots of talk about uh, Golden State and the Raptors into this series and how Golden State is going to respond to KD being out. Um, it's going to be a tough game for uh, for the Raptors. I can guarantee you that being the last game in Oracle Arena. Um, they managed to, to do something that nobody has done since uh, in the last four years. And that's win two games in a row in Golden State to beat Golden State. Um, so it's going to definitely be a tough game tonight because you know Golden State's not going to want to put that a three game in a row uh, loss in on the road or at home, sorry. Um, so they're going to be pushing. They're going to be pushing right out of the get go. They're going to go hard right away. Uh, so Toronto, if I was Toronto, I'd be going in with a game plan of really playing that defense first mentality. Let Golden State tire themselves out because the style of play that they play they play the running gun offense they have great endurance when another team is playing that hard-nosed running gun offense but the, what Toronto's been able to do and what Kawhi's been able to do is slow the pace down to his pace if the Toronto Raptors can keep that pace at that level and slow it down and and not allow Golden State to control the offense, control the pace. Once again, Golden State doesn't have a shot. I mean, you see that in the uh, in the second half from last game. You saw after KD got injured, um, it was all Raptors after that. Look, and I met, and you look at the, the 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 quarter splits. Golden State won the first quarter by six points because of KD. Once KD went down. Second quarter, they tied. Third quarter, they tied. Fourth quarter, Raptors flipped the flipped the sweat, sweat, script and dominated the fourth quarter and won the fourth quarter. Um, it was a bad timeout decision by Nick Nurse that caused the Raptors collapse at the la- in the last three minutes of the court of the quarter, um, killing the momentum, allowing Golden State to uh, recoup and refocus and calm themselves down it's a learning curve it's a learning experience and Nick Nurse has proven that he has not come out and made 
two bad decisions in a row uh, so far these playoffs. And in fact, all, all season, he's been able to adjust and, and learn from his mistakes, coaching mistakes, um, for, for like the next by the next game. He is a very smart coach. Um, let's just hope he doesn't try to outcoach himself um, as as well as Steve Kerr tonight. Uh, my prediction for tonight's game. It's going to be a tight one. It's going to be the Raptors. I think the Raptors are going to win it. Um, they're going to pull away in the second half. They might. I have a feeling they're going to be down by nine by the second half. And then in the second half, they're going to win it. They're going to win it by six points. That's my prediction. Raptors by six. Um, Golden State is just going to run out of gas, especially without KD um, having that third man option. Golden State is done tonight. Raptors are winning it. That's going to be two uh, playoff series finals that are going to be won on the road, back-to-back. -back. Uh, that's my predictions for tonight. Raptors up. Go Raps, go. Tonight also marks the uh, beginning of the CFL final, uh, CFL season, sorry, uh, with Hamilton versus Saskatchewan playing. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Hamilton have announced that they are pushing the game up by a half hour, bringing it to 7 o'clock instead of a 7.30 start, uh, essentially to be able to get as much of the game in as possible before they lose all their viewing to the Raptors tonight at 9 o'clock. They're going to do as much as they can to get as much of the game in as possible. In fact, I believe they are going to be having... The game starting right away on the video board as the game goes on, or shortly, uh, shortly after the game, right after the game is done. Uh, if they do, if they do it right after the game is done, it's solely not to distract the players on the field itself because everybody is interested in this game. Everybody is watching. Um, everybody in Canada wants to watch this game, so it's going to be interesting to see what Hamilton does in order to keep the viewers watching at the stadium and engaged at the stadium itself with the game. Uh, it might it might even be at the with the last five minutes of the fourth quarter uh, of the football game, so people will be watching that and just waiting for that game to be done before tuning into the Raptors game. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, I'm excited to see um, CFL, CFL football back, Red Blacks play on Saturday. Um, so that's uh, that's against Calgary. Um, I don't think Cal Red Blacks are going to win that game. Too many new faces, including a quarterback versus a team that's been together for the last five years and have been dominant for the last five years in the CFL. Um, so that's uh, new season starts. March to the Great Cup. Let's see what happens with that. Um, Some great news comes out of uh, Cleveland. Um, they just hired their new assistant coach, um, former coach of uh, the you know California Golden Bears, uh, women's head coach Lindsay Gottlieb. I'm sure I butchered that name out it's, uh, so hardcore, but uh, great news for her. Good job for her. Um, looking at her collegiate record um, as a head coach, um, she took the team in the four years there to eight. Uh, sorry, in the eight seasons at the at UC Santa Barbara, she took the teams to 
uh, eight NCAA tournament berths, a Final Four appearance in 2013, has a 235 uh, win record versus a 128 loss record. Great addition to Cleveland's uh, bench roster. I mean, it all depends on how the team takes to her. Uh, the record alone, the record records alone, is enough to give her enough respect. Um, so I'm hoping the team takes well to her. Great job for Cleveland. I've always been a great supporter whenever um, professional teams include um, women in the game. It is getting to a time, to a point where some female athletes, female coaches especially, are good enough to coach or play at the same level. Um, I might be uh, ruffling some feathers with that comment, but always been a great supporter. I've personally seen some, some female athletes be just as good as their male counterparts in many, many aspects. And in sports like basketball, sports like baseball, um, you can definitely have them included in the sport. Even coaching. Coaching is a great way for them to start getting included in in these prof male professional dominated professional sports and also expanding the female game um professional game um and giving that exposure to that side of uh, side of things um great job for cleveland super ecstatic about that and she is going to do a great job over there and i hope all the best for her so Police in uh, the Dominican Republic have uh, just come out with uh, reports for David Ortiz's condition. Uh, before we go in, uh, since this, this is a brand new channel for me, and um, this is the first time I am actually recording on this channel, um, I just want to advise that, that David Ortiz has been um, was shot on Sunday in the Dominican Republic um, at a bar um, and. David Ortiz is one of those guys that you can't deny. You can't deny his heart. Um, he is one of the biggest names in all of sports, um, uh, known as probably one of the biggest clutch performers to ever play any uh, competitive or professional sports uh, sporting event. Um, I'm not a Red Sox fan to begin with. I am a Blue Jays fan. Um, but David Ortiz, to me, has all my respect and the fact that he got shot while in the, in the Dominican, um, having been a big sports spokesperson for MLB Let's Play in the Dominican Republic um, and helping the youth get into the game and get active is absolutely amazing. Um, hearing he got shot was devastating to me. Um, and as reports are coming in now that uh, it was actually a hit um, on his life, um, and what kills me is the hit was for less than $8,000 US um, on such a guy f like that is amazing. Um, amazingly low, I should say, just because like, come on, it's David Ortiz. You can't say any more than that. Now, I'm glad to see that he's recovering. Um, he had to, he was flown out to Boston I have a feeling he was flown out very quickly to Boston after reports were starting to come out that it was a hit job. Um, so glad to see he's recovering. Glad to see that uh, he's coming out of uh, second surgery uh, in Boston and he will make a full recovery. Um, I'm also happy to see that in uh, the Dominican they are getting to the bottom as as to this. In fact, actually, this is 
this is pretty quick for the Dominican uh, police force and everything like that to get to get the bomb of this, especially for a hit job. This is very quick. Just goes to show how much David Ortiz is loved in that country, um, as well as in Boston and around North America. Um, everyone giving their prayers to him, including myself. I hope he makes a full recovery. Um, uh, I'm glad, and I'm glad to see that he made a video for the for the Bruins. If he does, at least uh, before he goes into surgery, I'm. I hope he does. I hope to see that uh, during the game tonight. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm. Ha I'm happy uh, for David Ortiz from uh, for being healthy now, or at least healthier now and making a full recovery. Hope he does so. All right. That's it for me for today, guys. Um, I hope uh, you enjoyed listening to this edition of the Morning Drive into Vanier. Uh, stay tuned for more on this channel for 613 Sports. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one.